What's up, guys? Our first episode of our What Did We Say podcast with my husband, Josh Adkins. Josh? Yes, I'm here and pumped to be here with you. Of course you are, because this whole entire thing was your idea. I would blame it on God. Can we do that? No, you cannot. (laughs) Um, I blame it on your creativity and your want for new things always. I do like new things. Yes. Always. Yes. Okay. Are you introducing the episode or... Oh, yeah. (laughs) Um... Today we're going to try to talk about disagreeing, so it's something that Josh and I do not so well, um, but we're going to talk about it, give yeah. opinions. As we go. Here we go. Can I fade out the music? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, that was rough. That was, <laughs> that was rough. It's fine. We're real. We're being real. We're not going to take that again, are we? Do you, do you want to take it again, or do no, you just want to roll? No, we said we were going to be real. Okay. Hot Mess Express over here. Okay, we'll be real with this podcast with it being rough. Yes. <laughs> rough intro. So, you want to talk about disagreements. I think that's a good place to start with our podcast. Even though you said we don't disagree well, I think we've gotten a lot better through the years. But I also think that uh, disagreement is something that is healthy in each and every relationship. I I would agree 100% that it is healthy and necessary. Well, and because of how real this podcast is, you're going to hear <laughs> table bumps. You might hear a dog chewing in the background. Our daughter waking up. <laughs> daughter. We're here for it. Literally 30 seconds ago, me cleaning up stuff off of the floor like it's yeah it's real over here okay disagreeing because we want to keep this podcast at like what 25 minutes whatever you think i'm sure people aren't interested in our banter or maybe they are and that's why they're listening never know so in case people don't know we have been married 10 years at the end of this month august 30th that's right that's our wedding anniversary and i remember it every time we, yeah, yeah, you do. And we have a three-year-old little girl, and we have a five-month-old golden doodle. Correction, you have a five-month-old <laughs> golden doodle. We're going to start this right now. I do. And we live in a 398-square-foot RV. Bam, you're just, it's all coming out this first episode. You want to set the tone, and you want people to feel like they know who they're listening to. Yes, we live in an RV. Um, I actually love it. I'm loving it more. Yeah. I think you've loved it from the complete get-go, but we moved here December 1st from a 4,000-square-foot house Yes. to a 398-square-foot RV. A 4,000-square-foot house that I was sick of cleaning all the time. Guys, I can literally clean this RV, like, deep clean it in one hour, and I love cleaning and organizing and minimalism. It's the thing, and my husband doesn't. I literally, like, asked him to re-go through his clothes. This is, what, probably the fourth time I've had to take, like, a garbage bag of clothes to somewhere since living here since December 1st. Possibly. Yeah. Did you hear me chewing ice in the background? No. Okay. So, good. But, 
uh, part of our life as well is that we are Christians, we're pastors, we're followers of Christ imperfectly. M in perfectly. Is it in or M? I have no idea. I think it's imperfect. So we can have a disagreement right now. I'm not going to disagree on English words because <laughs> that's not my forte. <laughs> so to talk about, especially big ones, <laughs> to talk about disagreement and some people might call it arguing. Some people might call it fighting um, in relationship. What is the worst fight that you ever remember us having or the worst argument or disagreement? Gosh, I feel like I have to like set up a whole bunch of context for this, but I just remember shattering a jewelry box that you got me when we were dating because I was so mad at you. Oh, yeah, I remember that. So the jewelry box was a gift for you while we were dating. Yeah. And first year of marriage... It did not survive. It did not <laughs> survive. I am not like a aggressive person, but I was just like so much context is missing from this, Josh, that I feel like I don't know that it's fair to share that, but I am. But what, I what chucked context? that jewelry box. I, I was mad. We were do you like, remember why? <laughs> yeah. Do you remember why? I have no clue. Oh, my gosh. I mean, it was Firstly, probably over money because um, you were in between. Wait, you said probably. <laughs> it was because of money. Okay. I was, I was working myself at the house. You were, gosh, was it when we were trying to launch the church? Mm, I don't remember. I think it was when we were trying to launch Wake Church. In Jacksboro, well, in Clinton, Tennessee, and we were living in Jacksboro, and I, I had worked seven days a week, nonstop for I don't know how long, like excruciating. Like after I get off work, like I'm going to paint walls. I'm going to building walls, building stages, building walls, the things, cleaning buildings, like. It was a lot. And then I felt like at one point you were just not working as hard as me. And then you didn't care that I was working that hard. And I was that exhausted. And it just escalated into a fight. When you say fight. I just, it was so long ago. Was it physical? No, other than me like throwing (laughs) a jewelry box. At my head. I didn't throw it at your head, Josh. That's a <laughs> disagree right there. Yeah. So it, it was something that had compounded over the course of time. And then me either ignoring or not picking up on cues, you feeling overlooked and misunderstood culminated into the fight that you remember the most or the argument that you remember the most yeah I because I remember during that time I was like okay we're launching a church so like we're fine on one income like we can do this and I like I will work like I we were doing what we agreed to do I just felt not seen or taken advantage of based on my own assumptions of what your day looked like and you had your own battles that you were struggling with as well I mean battles that we didn't even know were like a huge thing up until like three years ago Mm -hmm. um and this fight happened what like 10 years ago 
nine, I think, because it was like our first year of marriage. So, I mean, yeah, it was a lot. Yeah. And what you are talking about three years ago, we found out that I have a tumor on my pituitary gland. It messes with the hormones of my body and it was um, untreated up until three years ago. Pretty good size and probably my entire teenage years, young adulthood, I'm now 35, had lived with it and didn't didn't know it existed and didn't know that I felt the way that I felt. And um, so that, that compounded, there was a perfect storm in that. But what would you say is for a young married couple or somebody who is struggling in a relationship or a friendship today that if you were to talk to the Erica nine years ago, what would you say to her to help avoid that moment that's so memorable for you? Oh my gosh, like get out of your head, um, get out of your pissed off thoughts. I'm, can I say pissed off here? I think so. And like just ask the questions. Like you can ask questions. Like I could have asked you questions, Josh, like, hey, this is what it looks like to me. It looks like I'm over here killing myself and it looks like you're hanging out in the day. And this is how I'm feeling about it. Instead, I was just like, you're not doing anything. And I do everything. And blah, blah, blah. I think, like, just ask questions. Ask questions. Non-accusatory questions. This is what I'm feeling like. This is what I feel like you're doing in your day. Help me. So curious. Yeah. Not critical. Yeah. And um, uh, compassion, like mm-hmm. like being able to see from someone else's point of view. And to me, I think whether I am the one applying pressure or having pressure applied to, I think uh, a key component to any situation or any relationship is being able to understand uh, the the perspective outside of your own. Like um, trying to put yourself in someone else's shoes. My favorite Bible verse is Jude one twenty two, and it says that some have compassion, making the difference. And compassion means compelled to suffer with. To truly have compassion, you have to be able to see outside of your own perspective, and that's kind of hard for me to to do as. Oh, it's so easy for me to do. <laughs> I'm so good at that. From you're so good at seeing other people's perspective. Uh-huh. I think it's I think it's easier for me to help others see others' perspectives rather than for me to see someone else's perspective. You think that's the same? Yeah, I mean, I even think it's easy for me to go back and be like, "Oh, I could have easily done this," and definitely like just had a dinner with a volunteer tonight, and like given her different perspective because I'm outside of um her life and being able to speak into it it's when it comes to um disagreements and what's the word i'm looking for confrontation confrontation. that's the word confrontation um yeah but man it's hard when you start like when i know that i'm like in a negative healthy space whenever i'm like having conversations with myself in my head and getting ticked off at you 
and it's a conversation with myself and you're not even involved in it? Like, do you do that where you're no. like, you assume, okay, well, I do. I'm like, wait, you bet- have arguments with yes. me in your head. I do. I'm like, I bet he didn't even do this. And I bet he didn't do that. And da 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 da. <laughs> and then I'll be like, in my head, wow. like, yep, That's it's a scary coming out. Place. <laughs> yeah. And then I'll be like, wait, he's not even here. And I'm just assuming all this stuff, but maybe that's just me and maybe no one else in the world does that. I'm sure that there are quite a few people that do that, (laughs) but that's, um, do you feel like that's healthy? Like it's preparing you for a conversation or, okay. No, because I already know the answer when I'm about to bust up in this RV (laughs) and I am about to confront you with something, which I can't even think of. Does that happen often? No, it doesn't, (laughs) but because I, I know my signs now. Like, I know my signals now um, about that, like, negative self-talk. Like, I could talk myself into thinking that you did something intentionally to hurt me or to not think about me. And I, you know, 10 years of it, you know, you just learn to grow up a little. I think I've grown up a little bit. Mm, that's important. I think finding um, finding the right context uh being able to see from someone else's point of view, the friction, understanding that friction is a good thing, even in marriage, even with being, you know, it's incredibly hard for me to discipline our three-year-old, that friction or, you know, the awkwardness or the confrontation that people don't like, I think it's necessary. It's necessary for um, growth in just about any aspect of relationships period. And so for me now, I think I almost look forward to confrontation. Would you agree with that? I think you just like to argue about anything. (laughs) Like there's that. I like seeking truth. No, you like to just literally (laughs) about the stupidest things. I can't even think of one stupid thing right now, but like well, if you don't have an example, it's not true. Because it's every day. Like I live (laughs) with it. Wow, it's every day. Guys, so do if you, you like, do the Enneagram, if you know the Enneagram, Josh is an eight. Nope. Wing seven. Nope, I'm a seven wing eight. No. Seven wing eight. You're an eight. You have You're said. You're such a challenger, Josh. You have said that I'm a two. You have said no, that I'm a seven. No, you said you were a two, and I said, uh-uh, there ain't no way you're two. <laughs> and then you said I'm a seven. <laughs> no. And then now you're saying I'm an eight. Yeah, so I don't do Enneagram like you do. I think you're an eight. Like the more I'll take the I test, and maybe it. that's what we'll talk Please about on the next it. episode. I know for sure you're you ain't no two. You ain't yeah. no helper. <laughs> so finding finding understanding, you know that friction is a good thing. Mm-hmm. Confrontation is a good thing in any relationship, whether it's marriage, friendship, you know, spouse, uh, parent, yeah. daughter, son, friend. But what about the context? We're both pastors and we come in contact with people on a weekly basis. We have people that we lead um, pretty consistently. Like you, you have probably what, 200 people that you lead on a consistent basis or more. Yeah. 200 people for me or more on a consistent basis. I think the, I think the key to relationship or the key to leadership is and and the difference between a good leader and a great leader is understanding what pressure to apply because you're not avoiding friction it's just understanding the pressure um, to apply with the friction does that make sense like like 
when you're leading someone. Yeah, I'm also, if anyone does Myers-Briggs, I'm an S to the max, so I need more details because I'm not picking up yeah, on Yeah, ENFJ that. for me. So um, I think I think the Bible would call it discerning of spirits, like knowing how to discern in any situation how to lead someone. Some people require at any given point in time a soft hand versus a firm hand oh, yeah. or, you know, hard truth or do they need grace in this moment? Um, how do you, how do you, well, let's, let's talk about that. If you go into a situation where somebody needs you to lead them, yeah. how do you determine, um, and, and this is probably on a consistent basis for you, how do you determine what, what, um, amount of pressure is needed in, in that particular situation to lead them? Well, first off, um, that is, well, really, in my opinion, that's dependent on just the amount of trust I have with that person. Mm-hmm. Like, on the pressure, um, it also depends on what I'm needing to... Our daughter just woke up, by yeah. the way. so you're going to hear Josie. Um, the trust I have with them, you're going to... Um, hold on. Like, equity that you yes. have with with that particular person. So, the... Are you talking about like the truthfulness or the bluntness or the honesty or the directness? You will be more direct with someone that you have led for a longer period of time than someone that is relatively new. Or yeah, I mean, you it's you can definitely cut through the fluff um, easier when you have walked with someone already through some really good and really bad times in their life. And you can just speak, you can just, um, like it all comes from the best place. Like if I'm having a conversation with a volunteer and it's something mission critical that could arise as like a disagreement, um, it's, it, it comes from the same place of like, God has given me the responsibility of this ministry and it is up to me to, lead it like he has entrusted me to lead this ministry according to how the word of God like according to the values of the word of God so it just really is dependent on what I've walked through with this person already also like if I can't talk to them like on like just good through good times like it's gonna be real hard to bring up like a like a disagreement situation with them like I gotta be you just gotta be on to make sure you know your people because you gotta like, you got to know them through the good times as well as the bad. I don't know if that's answering your question. Yeah. So leadership is about knowing the right amount of pressure to use. Um, but it's it's easier to – Josie just hit the microphone with her elbow. <laughs> it's easier to um, lead someone more directly if they are not only – and part of leading isn't just the negative, but we're talking about the negative, but it's easier to have a harder conversation if they're not just hearing you when it's time for a harder conversation. That's the words that I meant to use. So they, they're they not just hearing your voice when it's something bad. Correct. <laughs> awesome. They yeah. should not hear from me just when it needs to be like a, quote, disagreement. Yeah, I think the nature of... What we are blessed to be able to do, though, is that on any given weekend as pastors at at 
church, we will have people that come in that we have never met before that they they are in need. Um, however, sometimes what they are in need of isn't just prayer. You know, they, they're in need of you looking them in the eyes and telling them the truth. So you would say grace and truth. Grace feels really good. Truth sometimes doesn't feel really good. How do you balance that when you know that there has to be truth given to someone in addition to the grace when you've never had a conversation with them before? Well, let me ask it this way. Has that ever happened where somebody's walked into the weekend for you and and you've just had to have a harder conversation with them first weekend they're there or the first time they're there first time they've ever met you um I mean other than telling a woman that unless it's a registered service animal she can't have it in the auditorium um no I mean I've yeah I mean I guess I've had people like want to come in and like talk about theology and scripture and stuff like that. And I just point it back to Jesus. I don't know how to answer that. I mean, if grace and truth are needed, I'm just like, okay, Holy spirit, like move through me. And I just, and that's just, that's the work I do Monday through Saturday is like me in a constant state of like making sure, okay, is my heart centered? Is my heart centered? Is my heart centered? Because you can't just practice every conversation you're going to have with someone or every disagreement or um, every crucial conversation. Like you just have to be ready and like, make sure that the love of Christ is flowing through you so that it doesn't matter what you say, people are going to experience love and know that you care about them. I think one of the, one of the things that you said there that could go under the radar is that you're pointing them to the truth and uh, it's not our truth. It's not our opinion. It is not um, our desire. It's it's the truth of God's word. And it is very clear. Uh, God's word is very clear when it says that you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. And I, I am remembering this one guy in particular a few months back. He came in to the weekend reeked of alcohol, heard the message of Jesus, and gave his life to Christ. And at the end of service, I had an opportunity to meet him in the lobby. And um, he told me that he heard our our church service over the speakers while he was bringing his friend to church. They had just uh, left the liquor store, and he had um, some liquor in his car. I don't know the details of it. And I just remember sitting there talking to him and asking, you're telling me to not blow my nose or <laughs> to breathe just, through my nose. He, he has this habit where he like talks and then he sniffs like <laughs> mid talking and you can hear it. It's a bad habit. But, but in talking to him, he, he experienced God's grace. My fear was that he would not experience the truth of not knowing that he could be free from his alcohol dependency. And so right. I, I stepped in and encouraged him in that moment might, might have a little firmer than others would that he doesn't need to go home with the alcohol. Right. And now he didn't bring the alcohol in. So some could argue, well, Hey, your approach was wrong. What would you, 
what would you do in that situation? Would you encourage him to bring the alcohol in, let's pour it out, he doesn't need to rely on it anymore? Or, like, like what would you suggest somebody do in that situation? I don't know that I would have done anything different than you did. Like, he's a, he's a grown man, and he can make his own decisions. I'm not here to make decisions for people. I'm just here to point people to truth. However, what if they don't know... What if they don't know the truth of... Well, didn't you just tell them the truth? Yeah, but you said you're not here to make decisions for them. We can't make decisions for them. However, we can help people see the truth. Right. So, are you saying that you you would have been like, bro, you don't need that? Or you need to bring it in and pour it out? Like, we'll pour it out together. You can be free from that. Or would you just pat him on the back and be like, you're, you're good to go? And I'm not saying either one of them is wrong. I'm just asking... I mean, I don't know. That's so hypothetical, and I wasn't there in that conversation. (laughs) So if he said, hey, I got some liquor in the car, if I would have said, man, you don't need to go home with that. Like, if you're wanting to change your life, you don't need to go home with that. But I think, like, it's more than a step of saying you don't need to go home with that. It's like, how can I equip him Monday like, tomorrow morning when he wakes up and he wants a drink, like, what other resources can I equip him with? And that just comes with a time and a conversation, getting his contact number, following up with him, getting him, I don't know, like, whatever, whatever things are there to help alcoholics. Like, it's more than just saying, pour that out. You don't need because he can just mm-hmm. go back to the liquor store and Would buy you it. avoid saying that, though? Oh, no. Okay. That's that's what I'm getting at because no. all, of, all of the things, like, I think for so long we have, with with the experience that, that we've had, it's been like, you need to do this and you need to do that. You need to throw this away and you need to burn that. And, you and mean our church background? Yes. Like, like burning CDs. <laughs> burning CDs at youth group <laughs> or church camp or whatever else. But it's, it, there's been burn a... Burn your pants. <laughs> that's right. That's a woman. But there's, yes, men keep your pants. But there's been a lack of equipping, like what Uh you're talking about. What I don't want to do is swing so far the other way that we're equipping, but we're muddying the water because we're not offering to take away the temptation either. It's like, here's Jesus. He can help you with the temptation, but Jesus and temptation don't have to live in the same room. So, like, mm-hmm. let's eliminate one while we give the other. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Um, I've been listening to John Mark Comer, Practicing the Way. Incredible. You guys should listen to it if you haven't. And he basically was like, uh, we have, like, grace is free. It's totally free. But to some extent, we have to take ownership of what our relationship with God looks like. And that means doing things. Doing things not to earn grace because you already have it. But there's so much more for your relationship with God through Holy Spirit um, on this earth that people live, still live in bondage, even as Christ followers, because they just don't know. Yeah. And he's got a quote, and I'm trying to remember it. And I'll just—I'll blurt it out when it comes to my head. <laughs> blurt it out when it comes to your head. I think that's so good and so rich for people to um, take away and understand. We can link John Mark Comer, what you're talking about, in the show notes. So good. Want. Yeah. So um, 
like I've got a few other things here. I, I we're talking about friction. We're talking about disagreement. Um, I I don't know of anything good that has ever been created without friction. However, friction can be very dangerous. Forest fires began with friction. I mean, destruction began with friction. You know, um, wars began with friction. So friction, confrontation, disagreement can be a great thing or it can be a terrible thing. I think the difference is um, knowing, you know, how, how hard to push or how hard to lead, how soft to lead, knowing knowing yourself, because I know for me, something that could feel gentle to me could be really hard for someone else. So knowing yourself, but also knowing the people that you're around, like you alluded to earlier, um, knowing what is going to be hard for them and not being too hard, but at the same time, being effective. You don't want to be abrasive, but you don't do want to be effective. What, what do you think is... When it, when it comes to your mind, when I say, is there a difference or what's what's the approach that needs to change with being effective versus abrasive? I think it starts with your heart. Like friction's going to cause a spark. And are you prepared to kindle that spark in the way that it needs to be kindled? Like how are you approaching a situation? Is it with trust or is it with like frustration by a story you've already told yourself? That, to me, is the difference. It's just the posture of your heart and how when you're approaching something. Like, are you approaching something because you want to get your point across, or are you approaching something because you want clarity? Yeah, or, or because you want the best for someone, or you want to show that you know more than someone. Are, yeah. you, are you there to serve others or serve yourself? Are you right. there to um, prove a point or, you know, help help? the mission, you know, what, whatever, whatever those are, I think that's great versus abrasive versus effectiveness is the condition of your heart. Um, last question that I have, and if there's anything else that comes to your mind in being a follower of Christ in being a wife and being a mother and being a pastor and being a leader, should you, in regards to uh, disagreement, in regards to friction, pick your battles? Or is, is everything that comes across your mind your battle? 100% pick your battles and run it through the lens of like, this is pastoral verbiage, but I use it in my home life too. Like, is this mission critical? Like, is Josie jumping on the couch and me not wanting her to and starting that argument or that fight or that disagreement mission critical? Mm. No, it is not. And I will lose, but it is not. (laughs) So there's a difference in Josie jumping on the couch and Josie playing in the street. Correct. So pick your battles. Is there an example that, is there an example that you would use for someone you lead on the weekend and Josie's, almost forcing us to wrap up yes I mean mission critical so I get to lead the kids ministry and you know scripture is very very straightforward where it says not everyone should become teachers because not everyone can live the life that God has called you to live like through scriptures through values and stuff like that and so um I 
will fight for clarity in mission critical things when it comes to my uh, kids leaders and my teachers and the life that they live because you cannot lead others to where you're not willing to go yourself and so those are things that I will go to bat for um just because I want them to live a life of just of holiness like it's so good to live that life that way okay so wrapping up this episode um about conflict confrontation friction pressure whatever you want to use as the term is i believe a very very good thing um however it can be a destructive thing so uh, whether it's diamonds vehicles whatever everything good that has been made in my opinion requires pressure friction however wars forest fires whatever has also been made because of friction so the difference uh, in those things is knowing you, knowing the person that you are having confrontation with, um, having the right heart. Anything else that I'm missing to sum up this episode? Um, and picking your battles. Not everything's battle worthy. No, it's not. Sometimes, you know, you can learn something from just not starting an argument. Like learn something about yourself. Oh, I can let this go. This is not mission critical. And whether you're the one applying pressure or receiving pressure, also being able to see from the other person's perspective and, and filling that gap with, with trust is huge. Agreed. Okay. Well, guys, thank you for listening to episode one of What Did We Say? Was there anything in this episode that we said that you're embarrassed of, you want to delete? Mm, no, I don't think so. Awesome. Well, you can email your questions or thoughts about this podcast to Erica Atkins, A-D-K-I-N-S, one zero at iCloud.com. Okay. Guys, how did, first off, I recorded the intro. I introduced us. I was pretty much, oh. Josie just hit her head on the mic. I was pretty much the one being interviewed this whole time. And this wasn't even my idea to do this podcast. Like I said, you can email your comments or your questions. <laughs> and to, now it's my email address. <laughs> to, to Erica Atkins, A-D-K-I-N-S-1-0 at iCloud.com. And we also ask that you like, subscribe, comment, wherever you're listening to this podcast. It'd be great. And we look forward to coming out with next episode next week okay what did we say love the conversation babe ditto